From the protectors of the internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, it's the PKO Podcast. Welcome to the PKO Podcast, sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Justice. I am Dana, and I am bringing you a an episode today about a Snapchat update, a parental control feature that we've heard about. Um, so I am with you solo again today no guest to chat about this with us um but I did want to share a joke and I know it's just me and that's a little bit uh awkward to listen to but I do want to share it because I think that they're fun and you can share them with your kids um so here is our joke what do you call a mouse that swears mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. A cursor! <laughs> so I don't know why the Jeopardy theme song stuck in my head there as I was doing that, but that's what we get. Um, but that's a joke that I enjoyed. I hope that you enjoy it and can share it with your kids. Um, or maybe not. Maybe maybe your older kids, if they'll understand that one better. But uh, just a cute little tech joke that I found. Um, so today I do want to talk about Snapchat parental controls. So we have been seeing recently, and I'll say within the last, oh, um, six months, maybe a little bit more, that some of these popular apps for our kids are really ramping up their parental controls sections. And we're very happy to see that. Um, Snapchat is one that has kind of uh, been a little bit slower to roll that out. And I think that's because, and they specifically say this, um, because of how the app was designed in the first place, right? So if you aren't familiar with Snapchat, we do have past episodes on that, but I can do a quick rundown. So Snapchat is, is a communication app, right? It's really a photo-based app um, that you are also able to message through um, and now do some other kind of discovery functions as well. But it was created as a photo-based app, and it was created as a disappearing photo app. And so what that means is if I want to send a photo to you, I can snap a quick photo of that, send it to you, and you have a set time limit to view that. I can set a time limit of, of 10 or less seconds, or I can say that you can have it open as long as you want. But as soon as you leave that photo, then it disappears. It's gone. And so we all know Snapchat got kind of a, a a reputation for being a riskier app just because you can send riskier content if it's going to disappear, right? Um, and that is certainly something to consider with an app that has this sort of feature. Um, I think what happened, though, is that this gained a lot of popularity. And I'm a Snapchat user. I've shared that on this app before. Uh, I like being able to send photos that I don't think are worth keeping, but do gl- give my friends and family a glimpse into what is going on in my immediate presence. Um, and maybe it's funny or maybe it's, you know, something personal, a quick shot of our family doing something or, you know, those types of things. Um, but not worth saving on the camera roll and sending in a text message and taking up space that way. Um, and so I really like it. Um, and then there's also a chat feature. The chats also can disappear, but it just depends on whatever setting you have set as, as far as 
how long they stay um, on the screen with somebody. So wrap up done. Now Snapchat has come out with a parental control feature. Uh, and what they're calling it, they're calling it Family Center. And in order to use it, parents or guardians do need to install the Snapchat app on their own device. And then they link their account to their teens through a sort of invitation process. Um, and then once that is completed, once things are configured, um, parents can see which accounts the teen is communicating with. But over uh, a time span, I believe it's over the past seven days. I'm not sure if that can be changed or not. Um, it does not allow the parent to view the content of those messages. So that's a step in the right direction, right? Because we're having those conversations with our kids often about who they're communicating with and what they're doing online. Um, so if they are telling us that in-depth of information, then we might know who they're messaging. But we know that that's not always going to be the case. Um, so parents will also be able to view the teen's friend list, which I think is good because then we can ask some of those questions. You may or may not be able to intuit which friend is which if your, friend, if your teen is only communicating with people that they actually know. Um, but it might allow you to ask some of those questions. Oh, who's this? Is this somebody from school? Um, and hopefully the answer is, is always yes. It's somebody that we know, right? Um, and then the parents can also report potential abuse, of course, um, to SNAP's trust and safety team. So I think those are all good, good steps that we're able to take. Um, it's a little bit tricky, I think, to get into. Um, and it's just maybe because I'm having issues with it. So again, if you have listened to the podcast, you know I'm an Android user. Um, and apparently this is a, a possible known Android issue. So when I go in, so if you open Snapchat, if you do have it, if you don't, you'd have to download it. But um, I click into my settings. And if I scroll down to the privacy control section, there is a, an option for family center on that. And so apparently that is supposed to open up or previously has opened up a, a safety guide, a parental guide, um, and now opens up into to some of these options for connecting um, with your kids' accounts. I get a black screen. So um, I Googled it because our trusty friend, Dr. Google, uh, can sometimes answer our questions on these things. And I did find that it is a known issue. Um, and so I tried the couple of things that they suggested. One was to clear the cache. Uh, the second one was to do any updates that needed, um, that, that Snapchat, the app needed done. And neither of those solved my issue. So the third thing they suggested was just to delete the app and redownload it. I'm not interested in doing that at this point. Um, but that would be the third thing to try. And then they also suggested going back to an older version of Snapchat and downloading that. And again, I don't know that I would try that either. I would probably try to reach out to Snapchat's um, help center before taking that step, just because the updated versions of the app fix bugs. And those bugs might be things that are definitely things that we're interested in having fixed, right? Safety and security issues, those types of things that they patch. Um, so I have not gotten rid of that black screen and I have not found that family center screen yet on my Snapchat account. Um, but that's how you get into it. Uh, so let's keep chatting here. Um, so the 
Snapchat does make a couple of points on this. And they said that this feature is only available to parents and teens, um, the teens aged 13 through 18, right? And that makes sense because the app is designed for 13 plus. And so they're saying any user that's showing the age of that beginning age of 13 through the age of 18 um, has the option to connect with a parent through this or vice versa. Um, We have talked a lot and it's really worth mentioning again, the importance of being truthful uh, about ages on these apps for our kids. Because if we have kids that are younger than 13, then we run into concerns with, um, obviously they're, they're, they're lying about their age then when they're signing up, whether or not it's with your permission, um, they are. And there's concerns with that because there's a reason that they put those settings on there and, and a number of different things, right? Context of information, um, privacy concerns, these apps might be using or selling or, or those types of things with that information. Um, but then the concern with, with putting a false age on there, um, there's many concerns. But one of my main concerns is what are you representing yourself to be to other people, right? Other people are looking to communicate, looking to connect through this app. And if they are looking to connect with an adult um, and your child has lied and said that they are an adult, now we've got your child talking to an adult. Um, and if we've condoned that, then, then we're, you know, if not encouraging that behavior, not putting any um, safeguarding around that behavior. So uh, definitely some concerns there as far as um, putting incorrect ages when we're making those accounts. So please do keep that in mind as you're talking with your kids about these types of accounts. Maybe if you do agree that they can have one early, maybe it's a joint one and you run it, but they can use it when they're with you or something like that. Um, But talk about some different options that can Um, reduce those risks, keep you and your child safe, um, and also uh, provide the use that that your family thinks is correct and and might need. Um, So that's something to definitely be aware of there. Something else that I thought was interesting and I read, uh, I got this from a couple of different articles as we were talking about the family center stuff, but TechCrunch was the main one that I kind of looked through. Um, But they said, so those are the things we talked about, the things that it does include, um, what it doesn't include, though. So like we said, they, you can, you as a parent or guardian, you can see your kids' friends. You can not see who that contact is, right? Is that a safe contact or not? Is it somebody that they know or not? Um, we won't necessarily know that. It doesn't allow parents to block their teens from sending photos to friends. Um, It just lets you know that they've been communicating with those friends. It does not give control over who your teens can add as friends. I think that that the teen accounts now have a limit on how many people are suggested to them, but I do not think that there is a limit on number of friends Um, because you get suggested connections, just like on many apps, right? Based on the people you are connected with and who they know and and those types of things. Um, It does not control whether your teen can engage with the spotlight feature of Snapchat, which is 
um, short videos, kind of TikTok-esque, um, that version in, in, or that feature in Snapchat. Uh, and it does not control over, uh, it does not control whether the live location can be shared in the in-app Snap map. So we've talked a lot about location sharing in the past as well. And again, some families, it's right for them. Some families um, look at that as a risk and don't want to share locations through apps. Um, again, you know, you have to decide what's what's best within your family. Uh, but just be aware that if you've set a rule that, that, that your child cannot share their location in the Snap Map, um, this does not give you control to, to make changes to that. Um, the Discover section, which is, I'll call it somewhat recent uh, in addition to Snapchat, is also ignored by the parental controls for now. Um, who knows what updates will come to this? But this section, and I will be honest, in Snapchat, I don't use it. And it's because of the exact things that I read about it. I know what it is. I know that it's sort of a, yeah. I don't want to say it's a shopping thing, but it's, 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 it's clickbait kind of stuff, right? And that's, that's what I read in these articles as well, that this section definitely has some content that's aimed at adults, um, very clearly aimed at adults. And a sizable amount of clickbait. So a lot of, of these short little video snippets that are trying to tease you into clicking on them with shock value um, or sensationalism or, you know, those types of things. So you can Im imagine the types of things that uh, might be popping up there, whether it's, you know, news headlines or, you know, violence or just those types of things. Um, so that section is, is not included in the parental controls for now either. Um, the other thing that was pointed out is that by default, teens have to be mutual friends to begin communicating. So that puts a reduced risk on them receiving unwanted messages from, um, from anybody, but it, from our concern, from potential predators, right? Um, and friend lists are private. Teens are not allowed to have public profiles. Um, and in addition, it said that teenage users only show up as suggested friends or in search results when they have mutual friends in common with the user searching. So that also limits their exposure. And I thought this was really great. And I did not know this. Uh, and it's because I, my account shows that I'm an adult, so I don't have these options. So for me, as a Snapchat user, all of my stuff is set private. Um, I, I don't believe I even have it shared out with my, my friends or my contact list or friends list or anything like that. Uh, and even with that being the case, I still regularly, almost, well, probably every week or, or around there, get an invitation from somebody that I don't know to be friends on Snapchat. And so I have to go into every single one and ignore that because I don't have any clue who these people are or how they're finding me um, and, and trying to add me. But it, it really was, um, I really liked it when I read that teens don't have that happening to them. So that's another reason to be really mindful of, of putting that appropriate age in there when a, when a, um, underage user, uh, sorry, somebody under the age of 18 uh, is creating an account on Snapchat. So some really um, 
some really good things there. And I think that we can all agree that that we as parents and guardians would like Snapchat to go the extra step with some of this stuff, but they are very mindful of privacy because of the way that the app is designed. Um, I think they're they're definitely taking some of that stuff into account. Um, so, you know, it's probably going to take some time for them to figure out what the balance is there as far as what parents want and need and what they're able to do um, on the safety side of things and still have the app be what what they say it is. So um, that is kind of the parental control feature that came out in a nutshell. And as always, we like to wrap up um, discussion starters on things. So we'll dive back into that with with Snapchat from our friends at commonsensemedia.org. Really great place that you can go and get quick brief outs on what an app is and does, what a game is and does, what the concern areas might be um, for us as parents and guardians, and then discussion starters for these things uh, with our kids, right? And so with Snapchat, they recommend families can talk about the long-term effects of sharing what are assumed to be private moments through apps like Snapchat and Um, I think that in this case, they're alluding to privacy as in maybe more um, risky content. Um, Whereas for me, like I said earlier, um, I send more of, I'll say personal stuff, right? Uh, And again, that just means silly things that are everyday things that that just don't need to take up space in in, um, my camera roll. So that's an option is just talking about the long-term effects of sharing, you know, private content uh and if somebody chooses to save that or or what ends up happening with that um again just recognizing that once you send something you have no control over it it may never ever go away um and just really recognizing the high level of risk in that and then families discussing uh families can also discuss the long-term effects of using um extensive photo and beauty filters and whether or not you know there's an impact on our mental health because of that a negative body image because of that and i think that this is a really good one to keep in mind because snapchat is um so the filters are something that you can choose to put over top of your photo and they there are so many options of filters and a number of those filters add makeup they sculpt your face to make your face maybe look thinner or a different shape or they maybe change the shape of your nose or your lips um and they really i mean they're they're amazing in what they can do and it is incredible to see that transformation happen in the blink of an eye on that phone and that photo um but i i think that this is a really good bullet point to keep in mind as we're talking with kids um and the image they have of themselves, the image they're, they're putting out there, and um, just, just keeping that mental health piece in mind because it's so important. Um, so Snapchat can be a lot of fun. It can be a really great tool to just have little quick communications with and, and you know, parents and kids. I know of parents and kids that use Snapchat to stay in touch, especially um, I've heard parents say that when their kids go to college that that's an easy way that they snap right away in the morning or, you know, snap when they're having coffee or breakfast or something. Um, and I think that that's a cute way to be in touch. 
but it certainly comes with these concerns as well, right? So, you know, some bullying concerns, some, some sexting and sextortion concerns, certainly some just risky content um, and controlling that risky content uh, concern. But they're putting some good parental approval features in place. And I definitely think it's something to, t- to take a look at if you have a child that is, is using Snapchat, um, even if you're just using it as a discussion with them about how they use it and whether or not this is something that um, you guys should consider for, for your family. So um, that is it for this episode. I have a couple more I'm researching. So people have been sending stuff in through the website and I, I very much appreciate that. So I will get that stuff posted. Uh, you can always connect with us on social media or on our website at icac.widoj.gov. Um, and as always, thanks for listening and stay safe.